and welcome to a special episode of Cinema Spectator, where Cameron and I are going to review a popular TV show just because it's timely, and we want to jump in on the conversation, and it fits with our last month, September, which was all about Korean cinema. So we're going to talk about the very popular Squid Game television show on Netflix. Cameron and I have both finished it, which is surprising. We never finish a TV show uh, <laughs> together, which is, it's just, it's just strange. This is not our normal episode. Uh, usually we start with a longer intro, but we're just going to get into it. If you enjoy the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple dollars away, get bonus stuff and have questions read on air. All those good things. Give us a rating. Tell friends and family. Cameron, like, could we be any more timely with talking about Korean cinema with this show exploding on Netflix? Like, did we just call it or what happened? We could have been about two weeks more timely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to be fair, this is like right now it's like in the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Like a couple weeks ago, it was like getting the hype. And now it's like... We're there. It was funny. I was at a weekend on, or I was at a wedding this weekend, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was filming, and uh, they were doing like the you know the grand entrance, the bridal party entrance, and one of the uh, bridesmaids and the bride and the groomsmen, they did the um, the first game, and they did you know so like she had a gun, and she turned around, and they you know they played the the little song, uh, red light green light, and then oh he, my yeah. gosh, and I was like I was like wow this is just apparently this is everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I've heard a lot about birthday parties doing the uh, the games from Squid Game. The, the cookie game is very popular right now with mm. cutting out the cookie, which I think is cool. You know, I haven't seen a lot of people do the glass uh, bridge, which, you know, <laughs> um, I guess that kind of makes sense. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder why. I mean, geez. <laughs> but I mean, nobody else has seemed to try to, you know, popularize Squid Game itself. Um, some sort of like brutal. I'm sure like what those rugby lovers are going to get into it or something like that. They're going to do it for practice Mm, or some, you know, football drills or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I was like, I know it introduced it kind of at the, at the very, on the very opening of the, of the show, but I'd never really understood the rules of, (laughs) of squid game. Like actually. Yeah. And, um, and I I don't want to spoil it, but the end it doesn't really make it more clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean I think you you know pretty early on they're gonna loop that back in, and I guess we should yeah, disclose. Sure. You know this is a new show. Um, I guess uh, maybe it's too late, but spoilers. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get straight into it. You've had time to watch it, so. If you don't normally listen to our show, also please check out our September month on Korean cinema. I think if you enjoy mm. this TV show, like there's going to be some stuff in there that you're really going to want to cling to. Um, yeah. Specifically, and, and watch the movies too because they're, you know, a lot of them are pretty underrated, a little bit rare nowadays. Apparently, you can't stream Old Boy. Like what? Yeah. You know, like so, like you know, go and find the movies because there's precedence for this you know, for this show. And I think, um, I want to talk about it in relation to train to Busan, especially, but, mm, um, yes. I, I feel like, you know, there's a little bit of elements of, of, you know, a Bong Joon-ho and a, a little bit of, of, uh, Park Joon-wook too. But, um, yeah, I think, I think I want to break down maybe a little bit of sort of characters and themes and that kind of thing first. And then we'll talk about maybe influences later or, or where it fits in the picture with what we were previously talking about during the month. Um, but well, first and foremost, I guess, Isaac, what are your impressions of the, um, of the, the show? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great blockbuster series um, for Netflix. I just such a great blend of what people love in the West and also bringing in some of the extreme sides of Korean cinema in it's in a tame way, but it's in a way that still feels true to like what I witnessed in the like the <laughs> new Korean new wave, right? I think it's it's tamed down for the best, uh, and I think yeah. it's really met um, 
a global audience because of it. And I think some of the things that Train to Busan did, it outdoes in a lot of ways. And in other ways, it learned from Train to Busan on how to how to reach a global audience and, and be successful totally. Totally. In, in that way. I want to uh, I want to know your thoughts. And I also want to kind of close or recap our our closing statements or my closing statements for Korean Cinema Month and then just kind of dive into it, uh, breaking down the show. Cameron, what do you think of the show? Yeah, I, I also thought it was really, um, really good. First of all, very well made. Um, there was my main issue was with the um, with the VIPs uh, that that episode to me felt like um, kind of the weakest link of them all. Um, but, um, you know, for, for the most part, I, I mean, generally, the the show was really, really well done. And kind of like you said, it learns a lot from Train to Busan in its best ways and its maybe most commercial ways. Um, and so, like, for me, I had a little bit of tension, especially coming out of it, uh, where I was like, yeah, I think it's really well done. And I think it's, um, you know, I, I enjoyed my time with it. But the more it's, like, gained attention and picked up steam i'm kind of like i don't know i i kind of wish in the same way that like parasite had that tension of where i was like yeah it's it's great and it's excellent but also like you should watch uh mother you know what i mean like Mm. like that was that's kind of how i feel about about squid game too is like i feel like it's gonna be one another one of these moments where it's like yeah everybody loves it and then like doesn't doesn't do any further you know, digging into why they love it, um, which, you know, is to be expected, I guess. So like, I, sh- I shouldn't be mad about that, but, um, you know, there's something about it that, that I think is kind of pulling. It's like very much, um, commercial and very appealing to a, a general audience. Um, so I, I, I appreciate it in that sense, but it's also like, you know, I, I kind of feel like, there are things that it does that are very uniquely Korean cinema that people would like about some of these other movies. So, yeah, it does feel a little bit more tame. And I do think that the beginning of the show, as most TV shows do, and this is one of my biggest critiques of TV, it starts off really strong. And the ending episodes, I think begin to sort of show weakness in in some of the uh, some of the way things are executed i i think the the glass bridge game was awesome i know despite maybe some of your feelings about the vips being there um i think that that episode to me was like just like like that was like the the point of like the balloon of mystery and Mm -hmm. and excitement was at its maximum and then it shrinks to that like a very personal downscaled um, journey of uh, the main the main character was four fifty six or whatever I can't say his I can't say his name uh, I'm extremely American I don't even want to try <laughs> uh, what was it Jean Jihan or something yeah yeah thanks thank you thanks for that help Cameron yeah <laughs> all right well you know what I mean like it gets personal. Um, between him and Sangwoo and like, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought some of the conclusion got, it, it was weaker compared to the Korean cinema that we watched where the conclusion was the, like the ultimate statement, the stinging point of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. everything that this movie is, has been trying to push you towards from the extreme moments to the sentimental moments and the endearing moments. Like, the end of Korean cinema, as I stated in our last episode on Parasite, right? The end of it is usually a an unhappy ending for an extremely important purpose that the filmmaker wants you to remember, you know? And I think that Squid Game begins to touch on something about money, right? Like, there's clearly a larger commentary on you know, greed and the pursuit of money and the value of life around that and people throwing away their lives for 
for money, right? There's a there's a bunch of great commentary in there, but it never breaks through in a way that a movie like Parasite has like just such incredible like like revelation at the end. And 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 also like for me Parasite is one of those movies where it's like it's a satisfying ending mm-hmm. even though it's bleak. And it makes you think about it. And it has a statement that that it really makes you consider. And also kind of like it, it's clear, but it's also a little bit up for interpretation. Like, I just feel like it it really rides that line of like, we're saying something clearly between uh, uh, about like personal journey and uh, socioeconomic class and the way that people kind of feed off each other or are only out for themselves, you know, like, and then you can kind of pull what you want from that. This show, it, its conclusions are not as, as like laser focused. Um, and at the same time, some of the, some of the statements are like single lane, not up for interpretation, like little things. And then it does like this strange, like, MCU ending, which I was very like, I don't know, I don't know about this, right? Everything uh from the the train scene was great until he's on the airplane and it's like this Jason Bourne moment where he's like, I'll find you or something. And it's like, I was like, what the heck? Um so I know yeah, I know that that's a, that's a lot of things, but well, I, I will say I you know, obviously it, you kind of expect things to go on uh, because they want to make a season two. Obviously they're going to make a season two because it was, you know, the, I I think it's the most stream television show of all time Mm, at this point. So like, it's, it's clear that, that, you know, obviously every hope for, you know, for a a TV writer is to, to end it where they can, they can make a second season. But, um, in some respects, I, I agree. And, um, it's one of my main criticisms of the MCU is it never feel like whatever the stakes are, it almost never feels like there's, um, there's finality or there's like a, an, a conclusion to the movies. Um, you know, a civil war totally suffers from this where it's like, yeah, sure. Um, cool. They, you know, they're fighting at the end, but like, they're just setting it up for the next movie. You know, like it doesn't, doesn't feel like there's any conclusion necessarily. Um, and while I sort of agree, I kind of do like the, the the ending, um, as it, it fits, um, it fits thematically. And I think it's, it's a fun kind of, even if you just left it there, um, it, it would work for me. Um, but, I, I don't know. It's not like I it it might be just the difference in format, right? The difference in format from television to to movies where it's like in in the movies that we've watched there's never going to be a sequel. So they're basically just trying to uh they like almost all of the movies we watched ended in a devastating way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. so, so there's, there's something, there is like a clear finality to all of those movies. But, um, with this, like, I think the format just leads itself to not be so conclusive at the end, um, which might work against it. So I, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, the, the, I like that you mentioned that, you know, the, uh, the glass scene, because it is an amazing sequence of tension that's broken by, um, what I found just to be the most like cringe moments of the, of the entire show in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but I, cause I was like, I was like, get back to like the, the, glass stuff like that's that's what we're here for first of all and that's what is like so compelling about the show is like watching people turn on each other and watching the sort of descent into conspiracy and paranoia and you know like there's this there's this total sense of like loss of control of 
um, your humanity, uh, which I think is so brilliant and so well done in the show. Um, and then to be sort of, you know, taken away from that, uh, to, to like the VIPs who are like totally a sideshow and, um, just like bad, just like bad actors and like just really weird dialogue. Um, I just, I felt like it was, it took me out of it a little bit because I was like, I was so in the, the sequence, um, of like, you know, them, them turning on each other and the, you know, uh, what, what happens with Otisu, um, or whatever his name is, the, the gangster guy. Um, Mm, yeah. Like that, that was like such a good arc. Um, and I don't want to say it was ruined, but it was like a little bit dampened for me, you know, with, with the, with the reactions of the VIPs. I was like a little bit cringing. Well, also like, the episode prior with the marbles is extremely personal and broad, like, and also that's brutal. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's so sad. It's like devastatingly that, sad. Yeah. That uh, it's that, probably the best episode. Oh, by, by far. And I wanted to say this clearly. I, I have not like almost teared up on a TV show like ever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. the scene with the old guy, I was like, I'm going to lose. Like I literally, I turned over to Jules. I was like, I'm going to lose it. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is hard. Like this yeah. is like, I, I couldn't. And, and the moment that he like, he also plays with his dementia. Like it's a little, like I kind of almost also, like, okay. This is the other thing. It's like, number one, is just a fantastic character. Like he is, yeah, he is, um, definitely. He, he steals the show in a lot of the moments. I kind from of, the very beginning too. And, and because of that, I kind of knew, like I kind of knew where it was going with him. I, I like, I was not surprised by anything that happened with him, but it, what I think made it better was how endearing he still was even when I had guessed sort of his conclusion in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I called it from like episode one and Jules was like, what are you talking? Like, she's like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> and I was like, you just wait, you just wait. And yeah. then when the marble scene happened, right? Um, and he dies off screen, right? I was like, I'm right. I couldn't be more right than right now, you know? And yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And, and she was like, what do you mean? Like, he's gone, you know? You almost just cried. I was like, I know, because it was good, you know? It was so good. But, yeah, no, I don't I don't see it going down that way. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot about the show that I enjoy. I think that there's one, one of the setups in in the writing about, like, a personal decision to participate in the game was so, so like like such a great spin on the Hunger Games kind of uh, moniker that Western audiences have have been akin to from you know origins with Battle Royale to then the Hunger Games trilogy right like and then Battle Royale being a huge popular you know genre in video games like a show where people or like a game right with with winners where people are dying in in some sort of level of tournament right um it's hard to make that fresh and i think the commentary around greed and people coming back like the fact that they canceled the game in in the early episodes i was like this is so so much more exciting than if it was just yeah. kind of like run of the mill, like, Oh, we're just going to keep playing this game and everyone's going to be like, Oh, isn't this terrible? Like we're all stuck here. You know, like it gets so much deeper because not only do they say this is terrible and we're leaving, but then they come back too, which adds like so much more weight to their, their decision and adds so much depth to all of the characters that return and shows like a, a, a flawed, um, uh, like a huge flaws in, in their characters. None of the characters start as necessarily like good people. Um, 
too, which I, I, I found this, this was one of the things, and I know I'm just, I'm just going Cameron, but I can't, I can't like, I, I can't contain it. Right. With you showing me Korean cinema, there's so much, um, like, like love for people in Korean mm-hmm. cinema. And totally. even when the people are terrible, they're still endearing. And I think that this show totally hits that. So if you loved that about this show, like you'll love that in, in other Korean movies, even as wild and dark as they get, like there's just such a care for the individual, the individual's journey and their own personal convictions and, and, and problems that they face. Like this show really continues that voice in movies. And I think that that is such a valuable thing. Like it's such a, um, overlooked aspect of character writing in Western movie in, in Western filmmaking today. Um, and I think it's extremely hard to capture. And what's even crazier is that this show and the Korean cinema, the Korean films that we watch do it with a language barrier. So like, I don't yeah. think that like Western films have any excuses, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. It's, it, it, it blows my mind. Cameron, I'm going to give you the mic for a second. Cause I know I'm going in a lot of different directions, but yeah. Well, one, one of the things that, um, is interesting about that, um, is like the, it's very clear who the characters are at like at the center of the thing, like at, like who the focus is. You know, obviously, like they they have the people who you're not supposed to pay attention to have masks on. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's a very clear delineation between like um, what the focus of the the you know of the show is about. Um, and I do like how how there's. Um, there's almost like this clear, um, you know, that, that the characters are faced with such a moral question, obviously, um, the whole time. And it, you know, the, the whole show is kind of wrapped around, um, almost like doing what you have to do to survive, you know, like there's this, there's the, the, uh, the, the, the moral judgment of it. Um, and, uh, what I find so interesting is how, um, how it, it's able to, to like draw things out philosophically. Like it's able to, to draw, th- draw your attention to, um, you know, these, these things that are m- true moral questions that you probably wouldn't have thought about or considered, um, that, these characters are, you know, are basically put through. And it seems like almost, I would say in a Western context, um, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of artists or a lot of writers think that's like kind of trite and a little bit, um, you know, uh, a pearl clutching, I guess. Like it feels like there's, there's a little bit of disdain for that kind of idea in um, modern cinema um and i would say this shows that audiences are willing to to think about that or maybe want to think about that you know audiences are kind of thirsty for that you know grappling of moral concepts grappling of moral ideas um in a way that that maybe we've been underestimating um so yeah, I think one of the standout aspects of the Korean films, the, the limited view of, of Korean films that we've experienced together, that I that I appreciate one of the, one of the aspects is is how aggressive the moral statements are in in the films, and I just it's it's kind of shocking because all of the movies that we watched and I think the show is included have this brutal level like like a just like a fierce um visceral side to them that it's it's hard to stomach and it kind of makes you sit back and think like wow like this this movie like it's it's almost like too much but it's also 
but it's also saying something really important. And it's also at times like surprisingly, um, I, I don't know. Like it, I think it's so weird or it's so rare in Western. Um, well, from my experience, like with, with Western movies and TV shows to have like these kind of, kind of like a darker subject matter or a brutal side and have such strong moral, like, like statements that are not only just understated, but like knocked out of the park. Right. I I'll, I'll mention a movie that I think is saying things about morality and I think it says them well, but it's nowhere as close to like Korean cinema. Like, so Drive is a movie that we've talked about before and it's, you know, it's kind of lame for me to bring it up, but the movie has like, because it's dealing with crime and, and kind of like conviction and morality, right. It sort of explores some of those ideas in its setting. Right. But it's, but it never really like, it likes to linger in the gray. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like Western, Western, um, movies that are artistically exploring morality enjoy to sit in this gray area where Korean cinema, it, it, it lingers in gray, but then what's surprising is that usually it cracks down on one side or the other. Like Bong Joon-ho is, I specifically with Parasite, I was like just so, so shocked about some of the statements he was making um, around class and heavy handed statements around like bottom feeders and like poor people, which I was like, Oh my goodness. So, you know, yet it's still so endearing. Like, I think that's what, that's what it is. It's this, a beautiful combination of respect and love for the individual and loving humans, loving them enough to critique them. Like that's, what's so powerful about like Korean cinema. And I think this show does that it loves people. It loves flawed people. And it says, look at what's wrong with you in some ways, you know, yeah. look at what's or wrong. Look at, look at what you might be willing to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if, if pushed to, to your limit. And, and I think, I think actually the, the extreme, uh, aspects of Korean cinema really like elevate the, the moral questions, right. You know, it's like, it allows you to think on that level of like, well, I guess I'm not put in this position, but if I was, mm. what would I do? You know, like there, there's, there's this, you know, there's this question where, you know, you're like, I guess if I was so desperate and so, um, you know, so, so that, you know, it was necessary for me to, to get this money, um, would I be willing to put my life on the line? You know, like, like maybe the answer is maybe, mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so like, and I think, I think that's why there's an appeal for everybody, um, with this show is that it, it, it senses that, um, I, I think it has a, a very realistic sense of, of, you know, what humans are capable of, what they might put themselves through, um, how they might handle a situation and, and what sacrifices they might make, mm. um, which, which I think is, um, very mature in a lot of ways. I think, I think there's something about it that, that has a, um, a, a realistic sense to it. I don't know. I don't know what, how else to put it other than it, it feels like, um, it feels rooted in reality, I guess. I think what's weird to me is that the show is very mature, and I think that it it is tasteful with its brutality. I want to say that like most uh, or most of all the other Korean cinema that we've watched has been pretty like pr- pretty brutal, and mm. I don't think this show gets that brutal until the final Not- episode. I would say uh, basically not at all. Um, I mean, it gets it gets kind of once you once you, there's like stabbing and stuff. I would say like the first episode has like that shock factor, and then the last episode has like some like really brutal hand to hand stuff that reminded me of John Wick. I was like, oh my gosh, like this yeah. is like really out there. Um, 
but other than that, like it's 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 pretty tame. It's more the subject matter that's so mature. So it kind of shocks me that this show has like little kids playing Roblox and you know being like we're in Squid Game. I'm like you should not be watching Squid Game. You know Squid Game should not be in Roblox. You know I yeah. Well, it it's interesting because I mean it's such a weird balance of of things that are you know supposed to be like uh difficult for audiences to to handle like like i think if you pitch this in a traditional studio i guess like if you were if you're like okay we're gonna we're gonna have a um you know a, a brutal bleak game you know where people are trying to get themselves out of debt and it's about you know people turning on each other and what they might do to win and and sort of how brutal and sadistic they can be um you know, and we're going to, we're going to mentally break them and break each other. You know, like, I just feel like this would be, you know, maybe it would be greenlit by like the, the Weinsteins or something, but like this, you know, you take this to, to, to Fox and, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to, they're going to go for it. And to, to see that this actually turned out to be like a huge hit and a huge success, um, it's kind of interesting to me and it, it almost makes me question like, obviously I don't think, I don't, I don't think the Disney's of the world have the right idea necessarily. Um, that because you can, in my mind, this game, this show, um, illustrates that you can, um, tackle something more serious, tackle something with a mature, theme that is about something pretty dark um and and people might go for it um lots of people might go for it like you don't have to be you don't have to to make the same marvel movie 30 times um and rake in the dough that way you know what i mean like there's there's something there's something about this show that makes me want to um say like that this is uh, this is the direction that we should go in the West, I guess. Mm. Um, this is this is the way that we should push people into more difficult topics in movies, not by you know making esoteric movies, uh, not by making like Lamb or something. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah. we should we should push people into more um, more uh, mature topics by giving them something that's interesting and exciting and blockbustery, but I also tackle something serious and compelling. Um, well, and and I, I, th I think it does that for sure. Yeah. I think that's what people cling to at the end of the day. I mean, I don't think that all of Western cinema is devoid of this. I, I mean, I, uh, you're saying, I don't think Disney has anything or Disney doesn't approach stuff like this. Maybe, you know, kicking off into 2020 they're not doing anything like this but earlier with pixar you know there's plenty of very deep subject matter being explored with the backdrop of a blockbuster kids movie right yeah and and i think there's a reason that people are like wow the incredibles or you know toy story or yeah i mean like most notably up right People are like, there's something about these films that resonate. I mean, nobody knows what Pixar is doing now. You know, are we really going to talk about Coco? I mean, hey, whoa. I mean, <laughs> hey, you get out of here. Coco is a great movie. I don't, I don't remember anything about that film. And I've tried to it watch was, it multiple times. It was so, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. But like, like, let's be honest. You think Pixar, you're not thinking Coco, right? I I don't know. I I mean I I think Coco is, is an amazing movie. I'm not and saying it, that it's it, not amazing, it, but I'm just it saying It actually brought me to tears. When so you I when just, you say I'll just put Coco. it out there. Now, why don't you pick I mean, on something Coco. like The Good Dinosaur, okay? <laughs> there we go. The Good Dinosaur, all right? Okay. <laughs> you're not thinking of The Good Dinosaur, right? When you hear Pixar, you're thinking of boom, Toy Story, right? Uh, Toy Story 3 or like, you know, the Incredibles or Finding Nemo, right? Or Wally, yeah. you know, like those, those films have something to say, even though they're masked with 
a children's animated movie, right? Um, and I think that Squid Game, it's tapping that, right? It has something to say, and it's just masked with a streaming blockbuster show that you got to watch. And I do think there's something special about it. Um, I think it's kind of opening people up to exploring movies that are outside of the Western reach. I mean, you brought up Lamb, right? The fact that I went to go see Lamb this last weekend, I was dragged there by uh, one of our show's producers because I'm not really into watching anything like that. The theater was packed and I was just so confused because I was like, why? You know? Yeah. And maybe, maybe like people are in a theater watching a movie with subtitles, right? I'm pretty sure that that theater wouldn't have been as packed if it wasn't for Squid Game's success. And I continually hear that most people don't watch the dubbed version. Like a lot of people are like, no, no, no. I just, I, I switched to the subtitles. I heard it was better. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> So that, well, yeah, well, the dub the dub is terrible. Oh. I watched about a thirty seconds of it while, yeah. as I was trying to to change it because it it came up as default. I was yeah. like, that, that's yeah. crazy. Um, but you know, whatever. I I, um, I almost feel like it's not necessarily Squid Game. It might be Parasite as a precursor to it. Um, you know that that's opened people's minds to to things that aren't necessarily in English. It really reminds me of the of the '60s <laughs> with the French New Wave in a lot of ways, um, where you know people aren't satisfied with the films of you know the big blockbusters of today, and we're looking to other movies. Um, in other cultures, sort of drawing inspiration from from places overseas, um, in a way that we haven't really done for for a long time. You know, there's been such a domination of of film and of especially blockbuster movies by um, you know by Hollywood. But I think I think this is another instance of. Um, people looking to other regions or people looking to other places for, um, good content. And, mm. and I think it's good. I, I think it's a, it's a positive experience because it, it means that, you know, the, the future creatives, the future filmmakers will have a much more broad, um, base of films to look to for inspiration. Um, just like you know, Scorsese and um, and George Lucas and Spielberg, you know, they all looked to- towards um, foreign films for for their inspirations, and and I think now we're kind of seeing that reoccur. I would say, and I hope I hope that's true. Yeah, I, I think that the soft reboot era is going to be closed out probably in the twenties. And I think it will probably sort of linger and continue. I mean, reboots happen all the time, but it seems to be like cranked up to 11 right now with, um, like the matrix coming back and the star Wars trilogy just ended earlier. And then there is, um, what else did I see? Oh, like Dune is coming back, which I'm excited to see Dune, but like at some point, there is a hunger for something that's new and different, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think I think we're kind of at that point, or we're at the beginning stages of general audiences feeling that way. Um, yeah, and I'm, maybe and maybe a burnout of like th- that's what happened in in the fifties, right? Which was um, you know dominated by huge. Um, widescreen biblical epics, historical epics, um, you know, things, things like Ben-Hur and the 10 commandments. And, you know, there was this huge explosion of those movies in the early fifties, um, post the, um, you know, the breaking up of the major studios and then audiences kind of got fed up with that. And, um, you know, there was a rapid decline of, of, people going to the theaters and that's what allowed a lot of foreign influences. So I wonder if we're in 
like the 1960s of, you know, the 2000s, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, I wonder if that's kind of our trajectory. And I hope it is because that would mean, you know, in the 2030s, we'll get people like like Scorsese. So. Yeah, I think it also means we can kind of be on the lookout for popular genres, spicing it up with a little bit of, you know, creativity or, or a new approach. I, I'm thinking about how John Wayne, which we did this Western month, we did that film called The Searchers, right? Which is a very different take on a John Ford Western, um, John Ford being the director and... You know, we watched one of his earlier films with John Wayne, much different than The Searchers, which had a lot more to say. So who knows? Maybe, you know, the new Batman film is going to be just profound or something like that. Or some of these superhero movies that have been kind of overworked are going to explore new territory. I have some pretty good hope for Star Wars. I mean, I think that The Mandalorian... um, is a nice step in the right direction. I'm still waiting for something Star Wars related that is out there enough and separate and exciting. Like I just, I'm I'm tired of bad Star Wars. I've been tired of it <laughs> for a while. So I'm I'm hoping that there's some sort of exploration into new territory. And they seem to be slowly dipping their toe on that with some of the uh, what is it Star Wars visions like the anime stuff and. I don't know. They're 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 trying some new things. So don't if if you love where we're at in film, like just be excited for exploring the things that you enjoy, maybe in a new light in the next five to ten years. I think I think that if Squid Game isn't up your alley, first of all, maybe maybe it's like the the intensity or something like that, but also like um I I I don't know, like still be hungry for that depth. That's how I feel. Like even as a, as a normal audience viewer, who's usually like, I get pretty selfish when I watch a movie or a TV show. I'm basically like, don't waste my time. Like just, you know, let's get to the good stuff. Like for me, this show was good and engaging pretty much all the way through. I wanted to see it through the end, which is pretty rare for a TV show. And I, I love what really, really stuck with me was the the conversation around morality and greed and character decisions. Like, there's just some really great deep drama. the The Marble episode is like the the ultimate like moment where the characters are like making it or breaking it, you know? Yeah. And then the the glass bridge is like that epic finale. Um, and you're totally right with the VIPs. They are pretty obnoxious. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I just did really want to see what was happening with that glass bridge now that you, now that you mentioned <laughs> Yeah, it. yeah. Um, so, yeah, oh, really, really positive about the show. Um, if you're willing to take a step, I'm, I'm, reluct- I'm not, I'm kind of reluctant, but like if you're willing to take a step into something that's a little bit more out there but continues the conversation, uh, with deep themes, Bong Joon Ho is your guy. That's what I totally. learned with with Korean cinema. I think that honestly, um, Memories of Murder is underrated. I think it's 100%. surprisingly underrated. I think Mother is a very good thrill ride. I know you love it, Cameron. It's. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like the movie. I'm positive about it, even looking back. But it is really that one actually feels to me the most hopeless in its ending, and so that's why I'm a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah, unsure yeah. about that one. Yeah. Um, and then Parasite, come on, like Cameron, don't hate totally. on it, dude. Do not. Not, hate I on don't, it. I didn't hate on it even once in our episode. I didn't, I said. I, I said all but positive things about it because it's, it's a it's a great movie. Yeah. Um and I my uh my quibbles with it are mostly just with other people and it's it's like ninety nine percent ironic. Um but I will say I was a fan first. <laughs> <laughs> we won't let it go. Uh there's like 
this is extremely unstructured. We usually we don't review TV shows first of all, but we just we thought we had to jump on it. Cameron, I'm going to just rapid fire a few other things that I wanted to talk about the show that were just on the forefront of my mind. No other reason we're going to wrap it up and I want to give you a chance to do that too. Uh, first and foremost, the soundtrack is great. I love mm. the the little like spikes, I think is the best way I can describe like the do 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 like that that kind of stuff is really <laughs> I um, love the um the the recorder pieces when they're like getting <laughs> um uh, you know it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like in the new games. I yeah, I think I think the the score is great. There's a lot of exciting expressive um visual elements that i don't know if they necessarily they're definitely pulling from a lot of other things the masks of the vip and the masks of the characters are very like i don't i don't know like they're very they they feel like they make the show like have this iconic look but there's something about their designs that feels stolen i don't know how to put it like i well i think it's pretty inspired by video games i think yeah totally um, which is which is kind of interesting um you know even like the money dropping and like the sounds of the money dropping like yeah it it all kind of it, it there's like little subtle hints and subtle references to to video games all the time i mean that's what i was going to bring up next is i kept thinking about metal gear in this yeah, uh, in yeah, this totally. uh, show there's so many references from the way that they refer to the boss um and even like frontman they call him frontman which reminds me of kojima and his like die hard man and dead man and all that yeah, stuff yeah um the PlayStation symbols are basically just strapped onto the masks, which is annoying because um, I was missing my X boy. Like, where's X? Know. You know? Yeah, where's the X? The front man <laughs> looks like a Fortnite skin. I'm like, it was kind of driving me nuts <laughs> at certain points. And um, yeah, the the masks, the the golden masks, they just they're very reminiscent of Hotline Miami for me. Um, anything with animal masks on people. Which reminds me of Hotline Miami. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think maybe the game, like the reference to video games, they are playing games at the end of the day. But it's just strange how it all kind of links back from like video games to like playground games. You know, it's I don't know. It's it's all kind of um, it's interesting inspiration to be to be mixed in. Anything yeah. else, Cameron, you want to add? I know we, we're basically doing a double back-to-back on this episode, but we got to wrap it up. I'm tired. It's like 10.30, so. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, other than, obviously, I think people are watching it, and, you know, it's not like we have to recommend it necessarily. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's 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 something that people are um, on board with already, um, and it seems like people generally are liking it and enjoying mm-hmm. it. Um, I would say, you know, maybe the major criticism is that, uh, that the, the VIPs are, are terrible, <laughs> uh, but, but that's just what I've seen, what I've read. Um, cause I, I kind of, I was diving into, to the reviews of it, um, and i was like oh thank you like people are <laughs> people are saying what i've been saying which is well the, yeah I, I, I honestly think the greatest suck. sin is that red hair at the end that haircut and the red hair. i was like what is this like, i like I it i think it, I, <laughs> I it reminds me of um of like k-pop like uh, sure. character like it's it's kind of awesome that he does that like his character turns from like total grungy like almost like old boy looking you know to mm, yeah um to like clean k-pop uh you know f- fashion like i think it's a again a, a little bit of a of a comment on that but and are um, we not going to talk about how like he, he, like him as a father figure is still like lying to his kid, even though he's rich. <laughs> like, like she's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring you uh, your birthday gift. Just like I said, I was going to, and then he just totally. Yeah. Like, and it, yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which again is why I think thematically it works as a, um, as an ending, but it's not like, 
you know, I understand your criticism that like you, you wish there was like a finality to it, but I think I think it's I think it does work. Um, I'm personally. just like, and, uh, and I'm I I would be interested in seeing another season. I'm not sure if it it could have the same draw, um, but you know, we'll I see. Just, oh man, another season like they're gonna do a new cast and a new game, and. I don't know. The detective's going to be back somehow because he didn't die. No, no. He's going to go after them like as a revenge plot. Like Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be the two dueling storylines. That's what it's going to be. And then it's going to be like number one leaves a message and says, I was big boss. And now Now, number one's dead. He's dead. No, he just left like a hologram message. He's like, (laughs) now you will resume my role. He picks up, he picks up a phone and he's, you know, number one is on, is, you know, leaving a voicemail and he says, your sister, um, I (laughs) was actually your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like he's just, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just, I feel like it's going to go in a very wild direction. Um, when I would totally be fine if they were just like, nah, we're not going to make another season. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen that way. No, I really not. feel like the second <laughs> season is going to be either just like balls to the wall, insane, or it's just going to rehash so much. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be too many cooks in the kitchen at this point. Um, yeah, maybe b- because it's has such popularity, but. We're hopeful for it. Obviously, you've probably already watched it and you just want to hear people talk about it. I think the big thing for us was like linking our thoughts back to the Korean. Well, for me, linking my thoughts back to Korean cinema because it's so fresh. And I just explored this territory and then to see all these people jumping on board, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I need to like, I need to tell people about there's so much more. There's so much good stuff out there. And that's all because of you, Cameron. So thank you. Thank you for opening my my middle eye. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. So I'm glad. Yeah, but you're you're on my you're you're on my boat now. You know what I mean? Like you're you're in the same uh, in the same boat with me where you're like, eh, you know, Squid Game could be more Korean, could be more extreme. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see it, uh, you know, <laughs> go even even further. <laughs> two, two white guys saying, yeah, that Korean show should be more Korean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic. It's good. It's good. Everyone knows it's good. So, <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up, Cameron. Thank you for all doing right. a second episode on Last Minute Call. Um, have it a good night. Fun. Get some get some good rest. And this one's free for you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, we'll see you next Monday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.